Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Liz, I realized we're going to Puerto Rico again pretty soon, and neither of us has done, like, gone on any crazy shopping sprees. I know. I think I bought, like, all the pants I could buy last year, and I can't possibly justify buying, like, one more pair or anything else, really. (laughs) I know. I have all the bags I will ever need. We are ready. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we have a confession to make. We are already working on the weekends, even though we vowed not to. Arg. (laughs) And in our new segment, H-I-H-W-F-H, we'll share the tool that's making that possible for TV writers all over L.A. and beyond. Then we have a take a hike about trying. Are you trying or are you doing? And this week's Hollywood hack is for anyone who needs a little time management help. I think that's all of us, Sarah. (laughs) Exactly. And Liz, we have a couple updates. We wanted to thank Everyone who watched the Fantasy Island holiday special, we got back our Live Plus 7 ratings, and the holiday special was Fox's most watched entertainment telecast of the week, which is amazing. So thank you. Thanks for watching. Thank you for watching. And then, Sarah, something else I wanted to mention is how much I've been loving everyone's 22 for 2022 lists. Let me explain for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about. Gretchen and I on Happier with Gretchen Rubin every year do a list of things we want to do that year. So, you know, 20 for 20, 21 for 21. This year it's 22 for 2022. And many of our listeners who also listen to Happier with Gretchen Rubin have been posting their lists in our Facebook group. We have a Happier in Hollywood Facebook group. If you want to join, um, just search Facebook for Happier in Hollywood and ask to join, and Sarah and I will let you into the group, which is a wonderful, supportive group where you can ask advice, you can share something funny. It's quite an amazing group. And and the comments, I, I can get just lost in comments, um, reading so many wonderful things. Yeah. But anyway, I've loved seeing everyone's list. I haven't commented on everyone's just because, you know, I don't have time, but I want to just tell everybody, thank you for posting those. Yes. When I was sort of in like a funk over the holidays, like that, just like, oh, I posted in our Facebook group, like any Anybody else feeling not so celebratory this year? And it was so nice. I got all these comments like, I'm with you. We'll get through this. It was, I I love our Facebook group. I do too. 
<laughs> okay, let's dive into from the treadmill desks of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. Sarah, this week, it's the weekend. And the fact that we have already, this early in the season, failed to take weekends off. Yes. I mean, it's such a bummer. I ha- I'm so disappointed in us, Liz. I know, because we have all of our mottos and our themes yeah. and our discussions about boundaries and keeping a space for rest and relaxation. Mm-hmm. And we're already failing. Now, one thing that everybody should know is that the season gets increasingly uh, to be a pressure cooker as it continues. Yes. So we accept that by episode 10, 11, 12, 13, yes, we expect to be working on the weekends. But we have not even handed in 201 yet. That's the first episode of the season. And we're already, I mean, I work, we both worked this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, we should say we're in the process of doing multiple episodes at the same time. 201 is being written. We're in the rewriting process on that. We're writing 202. 203 is being written. 204 is being outlined. Like everything is happening at once. And all of these balls have to continue moving forward. Yes. And as you said, it's like by the end of the season, it's going to be just a complete nightmare. So we are trying to kind of hedge so that if we do all this work now, hopefully it'll not be as terrible later. Like I know why it's happening and it makes sense. And I don't even think it's a bad idea. It's just, I don't know. It's, you know, we started behind. Yes. We, because of doing these double up episodes, we actually started behind because we, we needed more room on the front end, which because of when we want to air, we ended up not being able to have more room on the front end because we have to get episodes shot so we can get them edited and get them on the air, which is a great thing. I mean, in a sense, it's a good problem to have. Right. But the funny thing is, Sarah, you came over to my house this weekend. So we were actually doing an in-person session and we had the conversation. We said, well, I mean, we could just say we're not going to work on the weekend. We're not going to work on this now. Not get back to this until Monday. And then we kind of just were silent for a moment. And then we were like, just continued as if I hadn't even said that. It was like, ha ha. You know, because the truth is it also makes us less stressed. Right. To to do it on the weekend. You know what I mean? Because also we have, that's uninterrupted time when you and I don't have other meetings and, and calls and we can just really focus on the creative Right. Of course, we have children. We have, we- that's the only problem. Yes. Those pesky oh, kids. The pesky children. And Violet was so sweet. She came over and played with Nacho and she tried yes. to go swimming. It was a little chilly. Yes. And, you know, then she and Jack played for a little bit. But, you know, it's, we'd rather obviously just be having like nice weekends with our families. Yes. Now, also, I will point out, Sarah, it's the fact that we're writing the second episode yes. causes increased time crunch because we have to spend all that time writing. Right. And we decided not to do the first one because we wanted to get things moving 
before we were writing, but I'm like, maybe we should have done six. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But by <laughs> six, six, it's instead be of two. Anyway, so well, that's true. So the question is, what are we going to do about this, right? What, what's our action item coming out of this? Are we going to just say, okay, it's going to be five months of working seven days a week, which is what we did season one. I mean, uh, we only took months, one yes. day off in six yeah. months. Or are we going to commit to taking Saturday or Sunday off? Like, what do you think? I think we have to commit to taking one day of the weekend I look at what happened to our kind of lives, sanity, and health in season one. Mm -hmm. And my doctor said I aged 15 years. So I think that's probably not. I don't I don't want to age 30 years over two seasons of television. (laughs) That sounds like a bad idea. (laughs) Um, So I think it's sort of boundaries within the week of Mm. like not having work conversations at 11 o'clock at night. In Puerto Rico, we would just, we would just, Violet would go to bed and we would meet on your patio and work for two hours. Like that's fortunately harder to do when we're in our own homes. And then I think we have to say like, and I don't think we can say which day because it will probably vary, but I do think we should try to take one weekend day, commit to one weekend day off every week, at least for now. I mean, maybe at the end when we're doing, you know, four episodes doubled up, two and then two, maybe then we'll have to reevaluate. But for now, can't we please? Yeah. Now, Sarah, the other thing we could always do is say, take a Monday off. If we need to get something in, we could take a different day off. It is revolutionary. Yes. In theory, We do have a great writing staff. They can move the ball forward while we're, I don't know, getting a pedicure. Yeah, so something to consider. (laughs) Yeah. Of course, part of this is we are such obligers. And if you don't know what an obliger is, um, I talk about it a lot with my sister Gretchen Rubin on Happier with Gretchen Rubin. Part of the four tendencies, you can take a quiz and find out what you are. But we're obligers, which means we respond to outer expectations and we are also sort of Midwestern rule followers, you and I. Yes. So if there is a deadline, even if it's a somewhat arbitrary deadline, you and I feel enormous pressure to meet it. Yes. And we also just know the Indiana Jones boulder of production Yes, is bearing down on us. And I think we have such a sort of even like a, I have a physical sense in my body of that behind me, you know, yes. just rolling toward me with crazy and increasing speed that it makes me just want to run and keep everything moving forward so it doesn't hit us. I've decided I have to just stop looking at the schedule because every time I look at the schedule, I text you and say, there's no way we can do this. Yeah. So I have to just not think about it and just move forward. No. All we can do is just keep keep working, but not on one day of the weekend. That's right. So we'll we'll report back. We're we're you know we have our things we're supposed to be reporting back to listeners on, like our commitments to ourselves. I don't think I've done well with my commitment to myself. I don't know how you've done, but we will report back on how it is to take, at least force ourselves to take a day off. Yes. Maybe we should do a a, a segment in a couple of weeks, Liz, reporting. Yes. Back. We'll report back segment. on all these things. Yes. And as I said, look, 
great problem to have in a sense. You know, I'd yeah. I'd rather have this problem and have our season two than have all the time off in the world. So, <laughs> good you point. Know, it's all about how you frame it. Yes, indeed. All right, coming up, we will share a remote writer's room must, but first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Liz, it's time for our new HIHWFH segment, which is Happier in Hollywood Work From Home. Since it seems like we'll be doing this for a long time, if not forever, who knows? Yes. And Sarah, I think we may have mentioned this tool before, but I don't know that we've fully explained what it is and how great it is. (laughs) And that is... Writer's Room Pro. For anybody out there who's not a TV writer or a screenwriter, this probably won't be useful for you. But for those of you who are, Writer's Room Pro is like the greatest thing ever, in my opinion. Yes. Okay. So basically what it is, is a whiteboard online. Yes. Virtual whiteboard. Yes. Everyone in the writer's room who are all meeting on Zoom at this point can have on their computer screen all of their coworkers and then on their iPads sign into Writer's Room Pro. And the show has its own, I don't know, what do you call it? Portal or something? Yes, portal. It's We have a Fantasy Island portal. And we all sign in and we can all see the same whiteboard and everyone can make changes to it. At the same time. Yeah, everyone can see it like in real time as changes are made. Our freelancers can sign in for their episodes. It just allows everyone to see the same whiteboard, even if you're in Ohio and Encino and West Hollywood and Los Feliz and like all of these places. We have our um, our script coordinator is in Cleveland and Adria was in New York over the holidays. So it's like we can just kind of come together in a virtual space to break story. And I should mention, um, for people who want to use it, you can also do it as a screen share. So whoever's hosting can put it up. It's just we find that we like the type to be bigger. Like, it's bigger if you have it on your iPad in front of you or something. And also, we like to see more of the writers' faces, so we we don't put it on the screen. But we have done that, and it does work. And I think we'll be using this tool, even if we go back to an office, I think we would have this in addition to an actual whiteboard. 
Because it's also nice that when you're home, when you're away from the office, when you're away from the room, whoever is working on it can update the cards and move the cards around and fill them in. So it's just one of those tools of the trade that now that we have it, it seems hard to imagine we ever lived without it. The interesting thing about Writer's Room Pro, I think, is that it is sort of the perfect combination of cards on a whiteboard yes. and just writing with a expo marker on a whiteboard. Yes, because you can have different colors also for different characters and different storylines, which for us is essential. People who don't work in TV might not know that this is one of the great debates among television writers. Right. There are people who just like to write on the whiteboard and then, you know, things change, you erase, you write something new. And then there are people who like to write on cards and pin them to like a cork board for breaking. We have never liked that approach, but there are people who love it and who swear by it. And this Writer's Room Pro would work for them beautifully because it's basically cards, but it works great for us too because it's very flexible. Yes. So it's like the the love child of the card people (laughs) and the whiteboard people. Yes. So for all of you writers out there, check out Writer's Room Pro. And I'm curious what other tools, not that we even need them, but I'm just curious if other people have found like these tools that have completely made working from home doable. Because a lot of us are in collaborative situations where you do need to be able to work together I imagine the market has risen to the occasion and created all these things. I sure hope so, because it really makes a huge difference. Yes. Okay, Sarah, it is time for our Take a Hike segment where we talk about physical, mental, and spiritual health. This week, it's mental health. And you mentioned in a recent episode that you've been working with a therapist again, and how great it's been. And you had like an Oprah aha moment the other day, (laughs) which you shared with me and then was an aha moment for me. So please do share. Okay. So yes, so I've been working with this really great therapist. And this insight was something that I think I'm going to literally remind myself of on a daily basis. She was talking about all of these things that I'm doing in my life at the moment, which is a lot. (laughs) Um, And I said, just reflexively, I was like, well, I'm trying. And she goes, okay, just stop. Are you holding a pen? Because, you know, if anyone knows me, I'm always like holding a pen because I take notes all the time about everything. (laughs) I really do. Um, So I was like, yeah, she said, put it down. So I put it down. And then she said, now, Try to pick it up. Leave your hands where they are and try to pick it up, and which obviously you cannot do. And she was like, so you're not trying to do these things. You're actually doing these things. And when you say trying, you're minimizing everything that you're doing and all of the effort that you're putting into all of these things. And I, I mean, it just like... How often, Liz, do we say, I'm trying, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do that? I mean, probably at least 100 times a day. Yeah. Like, we'd be like, we're trying to break episode 206. We're trying to write episode 202. We're trying to do a rewrite on an outline. We're 
trying to set up a meeting. I mean, we're trying to do everything. And in fact, as your therapist pointed out, we are actually doing these things. Yes, they we are, are not happening. trying. We are yes. accomplishing. <laughs> yes, some at a slower rate than others, but we are actually doing them all at the same time. And I, I was like, wow, that is a good point. It's very empowering. Yes, to say, wait a minute, like I'm taking that word out of my vocabulary, unless it's like I'm. I mean, where would the word trying actually be appropriate? Um, well, I'm trying to push this boulder up a hill as you're, but that's the no, same you're thing. You're pushing the boulder up it. the hill. Yes. I guess if maybe an attempt to perfect a handstand, you could say I'm trying to perfect my handstand because <laughs> there you go. you're not, a handstand is something you're sort of either doing or not doing. Right. Even then, I would say I'm working on ah. perfecting my handstand. Oh, I'm see, like, there you go. Wanna, Maybe we were yeah. working. You're working on it. Yes. I want to take that word out of my vocabulary. I want trying to be gone. I'm not going to try to kick it out of my vocabulary. I've kicked it out well, of my vocabulary. Right. There you go. <laughs> We need a buzzer, and any time we say trying, we buzz. Yeah, well, it's like those buttons, Liz, that you have that actually are here <sighs> when you hit the the no, and it's like, no, 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 yes. no, 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 no. Violet loves those. There's also, you know, the screaming goat that's like a meme. You can get like a buzzer <laughs> for that, Violet. I got one for Violet for Christmas, oh, and it just gosh. goes like, so it's like every time I say trying, I'm going to hit the screaming goat buzzer. Oh, my gosh. Keep that please by your computer so we, you can do that during our remote room sessions. Yeah, that'll be great. Everyone will love it. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, coming up, we have a Hollywood hack to keep you from being distracted while you work. But first, this break. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Okay, Sarah, it is time for this week's Hollywood hack. And Adam Belanoff, who's one of the writers on Fantasy Island, shared this hack with us that a friend of his told him about, who's also a TV writer. And it's such a good idea. So let me set the stage for this first. When writing, as I'm sure in many jobs, when you're really in the heart of it and having to concentrate and create material... We writers often find things that we think we need to research, and we will 
go away from our scripts and go online and start looking something up. Now, that could be the Chicago World's Fair. That could be uh, Justin Bieber's first hit. That could be something about high-heeled shoes. I mean, it could literally be anything in the world that we feel we must look up at that moment and then it can that can lead us down a rabbit hole. So it's really a, a, a time suck. Um, but on the other hand, it is actually legitimate that we do need to look things up because when you're writing, often you're you're trying to understand something that may not be all that familiar to you, and so you do need to look things up. So this is all about how to balance the legitimate need to look things up with the need to keep your butt in the chair. The problem with this is you can still have your butt in the chair. Right, exactly. You know, it's not the same as like getting up and like deciding you need to do laundry. So it's balancing staying focused on your writing with the need to look things up. So Adam Belanoff's suggestion through his friend who does this (laughs) is that when you're writing, leave 10 minutes at the end of every hour to look things up. And so what you do is you actually keep a pad of paper next to you. And when you think, oh, I need to look that up, you write it down. So at the end of 50 minutes, 5-0, you then go, okay, let me look up this. Let me look up that. And of course, one thing we were discussing as a group that happens when you use this method is that by the time it's actually time to look things up, your need may have gone away because often our mind does play tricks on us and makes me makes us think we need to look something up when we actually don't it's just that we want to go away from our script interesting yes it's like you might need the date of a certain world's fair or something but you don't need to take like a deep dive into it right which if you stop you're going to do but if you wait You just look that up and that's all you need to know. Yeah, well, and of course, Sarah, writing is rewriting. So quite often you might spend 15 minutes looking up something and thinking about it, reading about it, and then you end up cutting it in the next five minutes, right? You go, actually, I don't want to go down that road. And it's gone and you never needed that information to begin with. Yes. So I like that this acknowledges that we are people who do look things up, but also helps us from spending too much time doing that. The other thing that writers often do, we will do this, is if there's something that we don't know but are going to want to put in later, we'll just put XXX in the script. Yes. And that's a similar strategy if you often will end up deleting XXX because that entire thing has changed. Yes, yes, yes. You and I are big fans of the XXX. Yes, to be filled in later, XXX. (laughs) Yes. I know, Sarah, sometimes I feel like 80% of being a television writer, probably any kind of writer, is just thinking up ways to stop (laughs) yourself from not writing. Oh, it's so true. 
You know, it's just like, how can I actually write? Well, as we've discussed, the most useful thing that we have done as writers to make ourselves write is have children. That's true. We have, we don't have (laughs) the luxury of procrastination. Yeah. And I will say back to our previous conversation about sort of working weekends and all of that is the, the great thing about being on a show, one of the great things, is that the more you're doing it, the more volume there is, I think the easier it is not to procrastinate. I mean, true. I have a much easier time sitting down and writing Fantasy Island for two hours and not procrastinating overly than I would if, say, you and I were writing a new pilot for something we'd never done before. Very true. Because a lot of not wanting to write is fear, right? It's this fear of not doing it, fear of failing, fear of writing something bad. And the more you do it and the less fear you have, the easier it is. So that's a side note on this hack for anyone who's interested. And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please follow us if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram, at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts. Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing from Whole30's Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at SFain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. One weekend day uh, only. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Sarah, I did love, though, having Violet and Crackers here on Saturday. I know. It was so fun. Crack, I mean, Nacho wore Crackers out. I I'm like know. The whole rest of the day, he was like a pancake. It just, he was like <laughs> flattened by the whole thing. It was so cute, though. So cute. From the Onward Project.